Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Welcome back. Here we are again, Reverend Pedro and me, and we're in our little mini series, mini podcast series talking about creation. And today we're going to talk about animals, because animals of all kinds appear in the creation story. Birds of the air, the um, fish of the sea, and of course the mammals, which is I think what we're going to be talking about. And I as we were thinking about the theme for today, I found myself wondering, Pedro, do animals create? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, creation is a lot simpler than what we sometimes um, can can fathom because I think that everything is a creation. I mean, not to sound too crass, but one time I told a uh, person said that they weren't creative. And I said, I said, everybody's creative. And they're like, not me. I can't create anything. And I, then I said, have you ever farted? <laughs> and, and they said, what? What did you ask me that for? I said, that's an act of creation. They said, how? I said, it didn't exist. And then you ate some food and then it did exist. So, I mean, there's, there's creation that you do because you're like consciously, you know, being still and doing it. And then there's some creation just happens on its own. And um, I know that my dog, um, when before she passed, she did like things like how you referenced in the, that book you read the excerpt to me from about um, your your uh, rabbi. Um, my dog would come and like nudge me with her face, and she didn't always know how to do that, but she figured out like, oh, well, I'm gonna hit his hand with my face, and like she learned to like tap her uh, paw on the door when she wanted to go outside. And I think that was like creative, like that's like even a deeper um, thing of creativity because she figured out like, hey, if I want this person to do this, I'm going to interact with them in this particular way and teach this yeah, I, person. I love, I, I love how broadly you're defining creativity. And I agree. I, I also have people, I mean, I haven't used that exactly example, but right. I've definitely had people who say, oh, I'm not creative at all, you know, and I think there's mm-hmm. so much that's creative. I just... Just because you referenced the book, um, the book that Pedro was referring to, my uh, rabbi friend, mentor in London, Rabbi Jonathan Wittenberg, wrote a beautiful book called Things My Dog Has Taught Me About Being a Better Human. And it's um, there was a, a little piece that I was referencing to Pedro where he was just sharing in one of the chapters when he's feeling down um in that you know his professional sense of like having messed up a meeting or an encounter or you know a relationship with someone as you know the fragile nature of human relationships are like he would sometimes from that space of feeling the dejection or the you know the pain around that would just call his dog and his dog would immediately be there and somehow seem to understand in a different kind of way and i do feel Mm. that with my dog um, yeah, you know, I, some of you know my dog is called Baruch, which is um, a. Um, I just said that, and he turned his head. Uh, he's mm-hmm. called Baruch, and Baruch means um, blessed, really blessed, um, and uh, he is definitely blessed and and a big blessing to me. And 
I, but I never thought a bit in terms of creativity. I mean, he he brings me a lot of comfort, and um, there's just a a love that um, he seems to show to me, and and mm-hmm. I think I show to him in a way that I I so different to human love, which we're going to talk about another time. But the um, just his presence. Um, so I don't. I, I just think it's really in in talking about creation, the whole idea of the created world, like all of the parts mm-hmm. of the of the world, like you know the trees, the plants, the fish, the birds, the animals, the dogs, the people, all are you know created beings. So I just think philosophically, theologically, whatever, it's interesting to think about that which is created, then creating. Of course, you know the mm-hmm. producing the 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 cre- creation is seen mirrored in the actual reproductive process, um, right? Of course, but I think there's other ways that we can see creativity, which you've really opened me to, and just the fact that I, you know, in our last episode we were talking about the cloak of shadows and the and the darkness, and how sometimes that can be a space that can um, from which creativity can happen. And now I'm thinking like my dog and maybe animals in general. I mean, I just, I I love animals and there's a feeling that they give you, but sometimes not only can a dog like help lift you out of those dark spaces, but perhaps in doing that, the dog is, is creating creativity in, in me. Like we talked a little bit about that earlier. Like I can, there's something perhaps when I'm feeling this, um very unique connection between me and my dog that i can perhaps then from that space be creating something else yeah yeah and i think like you know love is inherently creative and so if there's love then creation has to be there somewhere and also like um like my dog she created a lot of things in me that i didn't know existed just by projecting um love onto me you know because like i mean i when i after she died i wrote a sermon called uh, so help me dog and then i went into the relationship that uh, much like your rabbi i went into how she informed me and um, made me a better human and i didn't anticipate that because i used to think that dogs were just like just kind of purely reactive, you know, like you give them food, they like you, you know, and um, they, you know, just are a bunch of like mechanisms that just kind of like happen like other animals and stuff like that. So I had like maybe a little too big of a um, kind of bias toward humanity for a minute. But then I found in my long-term relationship with uh, Journey, which was my dog's name, we had it for like 16 years almost um that you know i like eventually i started talking to her and everything because i like took her on walks and everything and i just started thinking about something like what you think about this journey but i was just like it's like i don't know where it came from and uh it became such a part of my life like walking her and hanging out with her that um even though i didn't even want her when my wife got her i was like oh no but then uh but then somehow i end up being a person to feed her the most the person to walk her the most the person to clean up her crap the most um but in that service to her was also a service to me um in some way spiritually and i even learned to witness like my own some parts of my own brain my own consciousness 
being mirrored in my relationship to her because sometimes like the dog wants to run off and go somewhere and our minds want to go off and run somewhere and we have to use a tether or a leash to bring us back bring, to keep the dog on track and sometimes we have to do that through um our different practices to tether us and bring us back on track and i started witnessing that when i was walking with journey and i was like like oh you're like my mind outside of my body and when i'm trying to stay on the path you know because you want to go off the path and i'm staying on the path but you know and i started using that metaphorically and it really like enhanced my um my relationship with her my relationship with myself my relationship with god all those things like came out of that and um last thing i'll say is play is creative and dogs play animals play you know they cats play with yarn and you know, other, I don't know if cows do anything, but you know, they make milk and, you know, cheese and stuff. So that's pretty creative. Yeah, no, I love all of that. And, and I love, you know, So Help Me Dog. What a great title of a, of a sermon. And when you were describing that kind of those conversations and asking questions and reflecting, because prayer, uh, you know, spiritual practice, I mean, that's also a creative act, I think, praying. And sometimes um, prayer, not sometimes, most of the time for me anyway, prayer is pretty difficult. It's like, who is the object of this prayer? Like, you know, what what, what I, I can get so caught up in the, the, you know, like you're saying, the mind that kind of runs off in all directions. Like, who am I really praying to anyway? Is anyone listening? All of that. But there's something about when I do my, daily morning prayers with <laughs> Baruch whose name appears in every single one of those prayers because it's mm-hmm. like the beginning word of most most blessings in our in the Jewish prayer liturgy but when he's there there is there is something different and it's not like I'm praying to him like I think my dog is God but there is something about the process of prayer you know in Hebrew the, the the verb to pray is a reflexive verb, lehit palel, which probably mm. means something like self-reflection. So even though we think of prayer as being this sort of transactional or relational idea that we're we're we're, we're saying words that we hope the creator is is hearing our prayers, whatever. There's something about the way in which that process can be more self-reflective and and Mm. somehow having a dog there to do the reflecting with i talk to my dog all the time i was actually just reading in that in the book that we just referred to about that because you know sometimes i feel in battle i I mean i i tell i think i tell my dog multiple times a day you know i say i love you i love you and it's like i feel like silly about it and i was just reading he was saying that he feels kind of silly saying it but it's like it's such a real kind of love and an unconditional kind of love and you know even if I get kind of upset with something that he does or like when he chews up my stuff when I leave it on the couch and it just like shreds it it's like I can only be upset for about 50 seconds and then it's like right. over because <laughs> yeah. the way he looks at me but I think that that idea of creativity and prayer and creativity and play is really interesting because you know, maybe our prayers need to be more playful. Also, that's another aspect of that. But I love what you said about play. Play is definitely a creative act. And we, when we grow up, we just lose so many of us lose our ability mm-hmm. to play. And I think a lot of um, a lot of the sort of, I mean, in the Jewish world, there's organizations that are really, 
encouraging and creating spiritual practices around play, which is yeah. really, really important. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I, my, um, I was thinking my mom had a cat, um, Pasquale, and she was allergic to cats, but she kept this cat for like 17 years and loved the cat like crazy and like you say you're embarrassed about uh saying i love you my mom pushed the cat around in a stroller and like a, like a baby and people sometimes would be like can i see the baby and uh she'd be like oh and it'd be a cat and uh and then she was like super into that cat and um and it kind of helped her um just like in a lot of different ways, it softened her edges and it was just like always there. And even though she was allergic to it, that thing, she still like, she was supposed to watch it for like a couple months. It was my brother's cat originally and he went out of town and then he never came back. So then she just was used to it. And, uh, and so it's like interesting to watch. And then I think about, she used to do prayers with her cat. And um, and she would have Pasquale next to her when she would pray in the morning. And she would be saying like, and she'd also be saying Baruch Atah Eloheinu. And I would hear her saying all stuff in the, when I would be visiting her because she was practicing Judaism. And I would hear her say, I didn't even think about the Baruch being the same uh, thing. But she, uh, but when you said that, I was just like, wow, she was saying those same words with her cat next to her. And she would say, come on, Pasquale, it's time to pray. Mm-hmm. and and then she was she was deeply engaged because i think there's something about being with someone just like we said being alone together in our last episode even being with a dog or a cat or something like that, another uh creature i think like brings us into a focus that we sometimes don't have when it's just us or we feel like it's just us you know so yeah, yeah so that's I cool that. i actually i'll share it with you not on this on this podcast but i uh i forgot to mention i actually wrote a, a little poem called alone together uh yesterday oh. yesterday or the day before because you were inspired about writing a poem a day but i was just thinking i can't like the opposite of creation is destruction and when we mm-hmm. think about like the how destructive humanity is and i i just can't thinking about all of these positive, beautiful things that we're saying about animals and the connection and the love and the play and the prayer and all of these things that they give us. But like, I'm very sensitive to how uh, it, it just is so shocking and awful to me, the the cruelty that um, our culture is able to inflict on animals. And I, I you know, I mean, I want to get on my soap. Well, I guess I am about to get on my preaching box, but like I, you know, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty committed uh, vegan, and just I f- I find the industrialized meat complex, the cruelty that happens to animals. You know, it was recently the Super Bowl, <laughs> and um, I, I just read. You know, I read the statistic that the, the day of the Super Bowl, 1.5 billion chicken wings were consumed in this country. Jeez, mm, and you just think like, what kind of industry do we have to create that stops seeing anything that's created and that's you know got love and got you know is a is a form of creation they're just at that when you're producing on a on a mass scale like that everything just becomes like a, a a component in a in an industrial complex and not anything with a feeling or an imagination or ability to create and it's 
yeah, it's hard. I find it really hard, the that whole piece of it. And how some humans, and again, it, it's to me, I, I still resonate with that whole idea of the tears and the bullets that you shared, um, you know, in, a, in a, a couple of episodes ago. But that whole idea, like some, you know, when people have violent impulses, and we know, of course, right after the story of creation, right, the first act of, of the Cain and Abel story, I mean, like, the violence happens very quickly, murder happens right. very quickly, right? And it's like, but I think some people who just feel that impulse to violence, I mean, it's often they're taking out that violence on an animal, which is heartbreaking, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, with, with humans, we are interesting, because like, like, I was thinking about when you said that destruction is a part of, I mean, the opposite of creation, and it's like, on one side, I'm like inclined to agree, but then at the same time, um, sometimes the, the what we call destruction is making an opportunity for recreation. It's like the um, in certain instances with the animals and the violence and all stuff like that. I just sometimes wonder if like many of the things we do are distorted ways of trying to begin again. Like I think that like there's some and which destruction sometimes is just um setting the stage for beginning again and i wonder if there's just some kind of like i said distorted um kind of dimension to that and that we can't tap into because we are afraid of our own inner world and our shadows like we were talking about the last time and uh one of the things that i also have been thinking about is like i just i think i mentioned it in the last episode that if you take the word creation and you move or reaction and you move the c to the front front it spells creation and i actually ended up writing a poem about that called creation or reaction and i wonder sometimes if uh if creation really has an opposite if it's reaction like unconscious reaction because with creation there's an element of consciousness to it and with reaction is an unconsciousness to it but you're still doing something so i think like a unconscious action is the opposite of creation like i i wonder because a lot of times when people do destructive things it's in reaction to something it's like in reaction to some miscreation in their own mind sometimes like some people just get like something something triggers them and then they like lose it and it's all in reaction and they were slow well, down. And that is a pretty interesting yeah. in terms of taking it back to animals, because I think yeah. animals are reactive. I mean, yes, we talked about the ways in which animals give us so much and perhaps they, they help us with play and they help us with prayer and they help us with just feeling better about ourselves and all of those things. But like the truth is animals are not having conscious reactions and turning it into, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to say that one of the big distinctions between between humans and animals is 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 our ability to 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 be conscious and to change a reaction into a creation so i, I love the i love the the idea that the opposite of creation is that not destruction but um unconscious reaction that can lead to destruction i think that's a really really good framing that i appreciate but i'm just thinking about animal like animals so maybe if an animal reacts you know yeah you know yeah, we don't know, though, because like I used to think that same thing. But then I I think that like just like when I think about my dog, when she would nudge me when she wanted to go for a walk or go for a 
potty or something like that. Like, yeah, she was reacting to the stimulus of I got to go to the bathroom. And she could have just like reacted to it and just like pee right there on the ground, like instantly without stopping. But she learned how to not use the bathroom in the house, even though the natural reaction would be to use it wherever you are, whenever you feel like it. But somehow she was able to learn and get trained. Um, but I didn't really actively train her. So she mostly just learned, like I'd take her outside and she just started being like, Hey, you know, and, um, and she would decide to nudge me and be like, Hey, you better take me outside if you don't want to be in this house. And I started wondering like, man, okay, there's some consciousness there. And I think like with humans, like we have consciousness, generally speaking, I know a lot of people who probably don't, but there's this like how do you say this? Like, I think at its highest expression, right? Like, I don't know if it's this is in the Hebrew um, tradition as well, or if it's articulated this way where God speaks and it says like, be and it is. Have you ever heard that statement? Yeah. That God says be, be and it is. So I think that God's creative, but there's this moment where um, the creative impulse and the active impulse, or even the react, I'm like going like a philosophical train right now, but like, and the reactive impulse are in such harmony that it's like almost like instantaneous where you can't almost can't tell the difference between um, reaction and creation because of the, the time part collapses and in the realm of God, like everything is instant in the realm of God. And I wonder if animals in, in their way are so present that they're they're just a part they're in that flow of like i can't articulate and i don't even know if it's possible to articulate but i wonder about that because i know that when i'm in my most conscious states i spontaneously create and it seems like it's almost out of react reactive like i'll hear a stimulus and then i'll think of a poem and the poem just starts coming out almost like it's a reaction to the impulse um, but it's also creative. So I think that there's some, there's some harmony there when, but I, and I think that that exists, but then when it's, when reaction is, is not in harmony with creation, then that's where it leads to the, the, the anti-creation or the, uh, destructive kind of impulse because it's I don't not want to get harmony. too, too heady and intellectual, but I, it does make me wonder what the, what the connection is between reaction and intuition. Because yeah. what, what, oh, yeah. what I hear in that is like intuition. Yeah. In Hebrew, as much as, as much, as, and we talked about this actually uh, in the darkness, because that verse, the second verse um, in chapter one of Genesis talks about God's spirit like hovering over the, over the water, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like the ruach, mm-hmm. the word which can mean in Hebrew both wind and spirit, really. Mm-hmm is Ruach HaKodesh, which means the Holy Spirit, which obviously mm-hmm. appears a lot in Christianity, but the idea that that's where our intuition comes from is the Holy Spirit. So it's this idea like a, a, a kind of elevated form of reaction is to, yeah. is to channel intuition and have that intuition be um, a source of creativity. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, that's like a cool thing about learning about other people's ways of expressing things because I think that there's a innate truth in in creation i think it's like imprinted on everything created that 
it's it's just imprinted on us and sometimes we can tap into it and sometimes we like lose sight of it and i almost wonder if like animals are more just like in it like all the time unless you know what i mean i i just wonder if they're just like in it and we need to like come up with like art and different ways of expressing it to bring us back into it or to bring us back into alignment but animals are probably just like hanging out in it all the time and being medita- meditating and o- other things just being well, um, and, yeah presence there's a, just a, a yeah. presence that, that we just um all of our spiritual traditions just just uh all about trying to get as present as animals just naturally are <laughs> right and i think maybe that's why they call those things out of us is because they call us into presence you know because that's what they are we want to be with them we have to be with them now we can't we can't use the concept of later for them it's like it's now it's like yeah. right now present now yeah. right. you know wow Beautiful. well maybe that's a good place to uh to wrap this up and yeah and just uh you know those of you listening who have animals in your life like love them and let them love you and let mm-hmm. their love inspire creativity in you and mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go and snuggle with my dog right now I think I'll go talk to my rabbits that I also didn't want, but <laughs> but now I feel like I need. We have two two pandemic rabbits, uh, and I, that I didn't want, and I barely pay attention to. But now I feel like I have to go to go. My family's gonna be like, "What's wrong with him? Why is he like rubbing these rabbits all of a sudden?" But, all right, you go rub your rabbits. I'll go. Uh, I'll go dote on my dog. All right, nice. <laughs> Nice. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. See you soon, Pedro. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.